Welcome back to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fun Caliber. This week's interview provides a comprehensive and informed exploration of the Japanese market, including insights into the recent Tokyo Stock Exchange reforms, weak yen prices, and what this means for investors in the year ahead. I'm Josh Murphy, research analyst at Fun Caliber. Today, I've been joined by Richard Kay, manager on the Comgest Growth Japan Fund. Hi, Richard. How are you? Hi, Joss. I'm fine. Great to see you. And um, thanks for the time today. Great to hear. Great to hear. The Tokyo Stock Exchange, Richard, is taking steps in the right direction on some long overdue reforms. Can you tell us more about these reforms and what it means for investors? Sure. Thank you. Um, as you correctly point out, the Tokyo Stock Exchange has been working actually for a number of years now to improve governance, uh, things like the stewardship code, things like the governance code, things like new categorizations within the exchange uh, with, with the higher categorizations uh, rewarding shareholder-friendly companies. Uh, and then most recently, uh, the threat to decategorize or even delist companies which, for example, have consistently low price-book ratios because of low return on equity. Uh, those are various moves that the exchange has taken over uh, over a number of years. Um, and I don't think anybody could argue that that's a bad thing, in inverted commas. Uh, we all improve, we all favor improved shareholder engagement. Um, I, I take a slightly different view, however, from consensus on this. Um, I think that it's difficult for an exchange to, to drive fundamental change. Um, markets do that anyway. That's what markets are meant to do. They price they price down uh, companies which don't uh, agree with shareholders. Um, and of course, that's happened in the Tokyo market. It happens in any stock market. Um, we therefore think that you need to look for, for real change, which is probably driven from inside a company itself. Uh, examples like Hitachi or um, Toyota Industries, uh, which is a, a, a great uh, company making components for Toyota, the car company, and is, has changed the way that it governs itself. Those are examples of real change driven by the company itself, not really by top-down um, elements. And Richard, Japan has a long history of deflation. And why, while we're starting to see some mild inflation, it's slowed for the second month now. Do you expect to see this continue in 2024? What is the inflation story in Japan today? And does it present any opportunities? Thanks, Josh. It's a, it's a super timely question because today, um, January the 23rd, uh, was the Bank of Japan's monthly, um, whatever it is, monetary committee uh, announcement. Uh, and sure enough, just as your question suggested, uh, the Bank of Japan says inflation is slowing. Uh, we're not going to change monetary policy. They've been saying that for something like three years now. And yet you wouldn't think it because an awful lot of strategists say inflation is coming to Japan and monetary policy change is coming to Japan and inflation stocks like bank and real estate have done awfully well in Japan for, 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 for two years now. Uh, as your question implies, inflation is slowing. The Bank of Japan knows that better than anyone. They said it again today. Uh, and in fact, the, the data that we look at from the companies we talk to on a daily basis, uh, suggesting that price hikes are awfully difficult in Japan, uh, that wage hikes are actually not as big as uh, the public data have often suggested, those data suggest that there is no structural inflation story. Um, we therefore think that the market leadership of Japan is set to change a little bit. All of these inflation-geared stocks, which have driven the Nikkei index for an awfully long time, probably pause or even go down. And what I call real companies with real earnings that have been rather sidelined in the, in the last few quarters, those things probably uh, drive the Tokyo stock market higher, I humbly suggest. Certainly makes sense. And 
Richard, what does a weak yen mean for investors? Is now the time for foreign investors? Um, yeah, unequivocally, yes. Um, in fact, if there's one thing I want to take from this discussion, uh, Joss, it is that the yen's situation is highly um, irregular, um, and it relates to three things. One is what you just asked me about inflation and monetary policy, and specifically the sovereign yield gap, the, the difference between Japan government bond yields and primarily U.S., government bond yields. Uh, that difference has, has narrowed significantly uh, in recent months, and that's why the yen has actually stopped falling and even started to go back a bit. It's a very important um, point, I think, for the folks who are not yen-based investors, whether they're sterling or other currency-based investors. But the second thing is that the um, weak yen obviously is a what the Americans call a no-brainer reason to buy export stocks like car companies in Japan. Um, but, but as soon as the yen goes the other way, those trades get difficult. Uh, conversely, there's a very strong statistical correlation between strong yen and small caps in Japan. And we have over a 30% small cap weighting in our Japan fund. For that reason, we think that the yen weakness will actually abate and, and reverse, and that will be terribly good for small caps whose whose stock-specific story is, is, is often very strong. The other thing uh, to say about the yen is um, a lot of people assume the, the weak yen is, is, is good for Japan because they can export more televisions and cars and things. That's actually wrong because Japan imports an awful lot of stuff uh, from oil to salmon, believe it or not. You think they have enough fish in Japan, but they import salmon uh, to, to, to labor uh, because a lot of production for Japanese companies is done overseas. Uh, and the weak yen has actually been a negative for the Japanese economy. Policymakers will fight against it. Uh, so um, for all those reasons, I expect a bit of a sea change in the yen. I think it's an important point for people listening to this discussion. Uh, and of course, people who are denominated in, in, in sterling for, for their returns, they can probably expect quite a nice lift for the reasons we discussed. Well, Richard, it seems like quite a sizable opportunity then. Um, I think so. Yeah. Semiconductors and their role in AI have been hot topics in the last 12 months. Yes. You've exposure to semiconductors in this fund through Shinetsu Chemical and LaserTech. Have they seen yes. a boost from AI or do they offer something else? Tell me yeah, more um, about these, please. Yes, thank you, uh, Joss. It, it's, it's a huge um, a topic. In fact, you mentioned Shinetsu and, and Laser Tech. Uh, we've actually got about seven semiconductor stocks in the fund. They represent something like 20% of the market cap of this fund. And, and, and it's it's a story that, that keeps on giving. Um, Japan actually added more semiconductor capacity than any country in the world last year. People don't realize that. They always think that semiconductor is all about Taiwan and TSMC or, or Samsung, of course, uh, Intel. But actually, no, Japan was the biggest semiconductor builder last year, partly because TSMC is throwing up two factories in the South Island, partly because Micron um, announced a big DRAM memory factory at the, in Hiroshima at the G7. But the point is, all that stuff's happening in Japan. And the companies you mentioned, like LaserTech and Shinetsu and a bunch of other companies that we hold in this fund, make the stuff that goes in them from wafers to inspection tools. And a lot of these devices and materials, they are the only people in the world who can make it. And so they're having a fantastic time right now. Um, Laser Tech, for example, has had over a 50% absolute share price recovery in the last few months because of the order's um, momentum coming from this capacity addition. Uh, yes, the semiconductor story is very much a Japanese story. And yes, our fund is unashamedly exposed there. You mentioned you have seven semiconductor companies. 
most people today associate this purely with AI. Is there more at play with these companies? Yeah, there is, Joss, and thank you so much for, for raising that. Seven sounds like a lot of companies to have in that in that one theme. Uh, but actually, there's a lot more going on than AI. Um, there are very cyclical phenomena happening in the semiconductor market, which, which are also very important and which will support earnings for our companies over a number of years. Things like the recovery of DRAM memory prices, for example, Samsung has been very explicit on this. Uh, things like a recovery in semiconductor spending, spending on the equipment, which, for example, TSMC in its Friday earnings was was very explicit about. And, and of course, semiconductors are used in things other than um, large language models. They, they, they're used in cars, they're used in iPhones, and, and, and each of those uh, end markets is also going through cyclical recovery. But very importantly, the seven companies we have are doing unique stuff within all of that. They're making inimitable um, technology. Uh, we have, for example, an inspection company that inspects something that nobody else can look at. Um, they've got a particular light source and lens combination and algorithm feedback systems, which no one else has been able to copy uh, in any country and which is vital for designing the smallest type of chip. Um, I, I could bore you uh, with, with this in some detail because I've looked at it for over 20 years, but Japan is replete with companies like this. And like I said, we've got seven of them in our uh, portfolio, which capture these long-term trends, but do so in, in a very unique way. And Japan's Nikkei was Asia's best performing market in 2023, touching on 33-year highs. What led to the success? And do you see that momentum continuing into 2024? Um, take the second question first. Yes, I see the momentum, and I think it's perfectly plausible that the Nikkei goes back above its all-time highs. Remember, Joss, that Japan is the only market in the world, among developed markets, big ones, uh, that hasn't gone back to its all-time highs. Uh, we had the Lehman crisis, which knocked down FTSE or S&P, but then they all came back again. Nikkei never came back after the 1990 crash, and now it's coming back. It's it's a huge moment here in Japan and uh, retail investors. We have a big presentation on Saturday to a bunch of retail investors. Actually, yeah, we, we work on Saturdays in Japan. We don't work other days. Um, that's all because of this focus on the Nikkei's uh, recovery. Uh, what, what What's driving it? Partly it is simply the volume of money that we have one of the largest investor bases in the world in Japan itself, and most of that money is still in cash, in post office savings banks, as a, as, as a matter of fact, and, and, and that money's coming in. Uh, it's coming partly through just people putting their own money into stock, um, tax, tax efficient savings, stock accounts, but also institutional um, in, investors. Just we, we work with over 20 Japanese pension plans that invest in our Japan fund that are typical of this movement of institutional investors back to their market, driving this return uh, to, to historic highs. And remember, this is not a what they, what they call a bubble market in Japan. It's only 13, 14 times on, on earnings. A lot of great companies with sustainable growth, as we mentioned at the start, improving governance and capital returns. Uh, yes, it, I think it's a story that we don't see in any other major markets um, that, that we can enjoy in Japan right now. We'll bring on 2024. Um, the, the consensus... I'm seeing is a bright outlook, mid to long term, but fears of choppiness should we see a slowdown. What are the benefits of high quality growth companies if markets are challenging in the short term? Um, the benefits of 
companies like we hold high quality high visibility of growth uh, speaking our language uh, speaking to us as shareholders in terms that we understand and often companies where, where the founding family is still important you may think that's a bit weird and nepotistic or, or a little bit um, arcane maybe but actually we found that companies with that sort of management um, often have a passion about their business because their name is on the label um, and, and companies like that uh, give us much greater stability uh, in times of economic volatility than what I may call more standard cyclical companies. Uh, we've shown a much greater earnings resistance, I think, in the earnings of our fund companies uh, in economic downturns uh, than the market average, and, and we expect that to continue. Um, there's an additional kicker we briefly referred to it in passing. Uh, the whole Japanese market for two years has been focused on what I call brain dead inflation and GPN plays. If those things lose their um, lose their luster a little bit, the sort of things we hold, which have been rather sidelined in in, in market attention, those things I think are due for a big uh, um, review of investor perception. Richard, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Comgest Growth Japan is a concentrated portfolio of only 30 to 40 high-quality long-term growth companies that are either headquartered or carrying out their prominent activities in Japan. The team has an unconstrained approach and has demonstrated good active management in a region which has, in the past, made it difficult for managers to show their edge. For more information on the Comgest Growth Japan Fund, visit fundcaliber.com and don't forget to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember, we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at the time of listening. Elite ratings are based on Fund Calibre's research methodology and are the opinion of Fund Calibre's research team only. Mm-hmm.